thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control. Be reasonable. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. You tuned to the guard frequency, and as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 192, recorded on Friday, December 1st, and made available for download Tuesday, December 5th, over at guardfrequency.com. I'm Jeff. I'm Ken Shadow. And I'm Tony. And in the audio booth this week is Henry. Remember, folks, while it may seem like we just talked to ourselves, this show is not a one-way conversation. Why not leave us a comment on the show's post over at guardfrequency.com? You can also hit us up on Twitter at GuardFreak and leave a comment and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash GuardFreak. Or give us a piece of your mind over at discord.guardfrequency.com. You can also use the contact form on our website and all the details for all the ways you can get in touch with us can be found in the show notes. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so take a minute and tell us what's on your mind. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at feeds.guardfrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything Friday nights, then you should come and join us at 10 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency live over on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash guardfreak. Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn Space Sim podcast ever? Please consider supporting the show by visiting our website, clicking on the Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber. We want to thank all our Patreons who support us with their subscriptions and hope you'll consider joining them. The more support we get, the better show we can make. And don't forget about our sister productions. Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series, the MMOs, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure to check them out at PriorityOnePodcast.com. And our latest endeavor, Heroes Rise, brings you up to date with the worlds of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. And the housekeeping is done! So let's get on with the show. What do we have in store this week, Tony? This week we bring you all the latest news from the world of space sims on the flight deck. Then we head into the deep black with Galactic Public Radio. This week, Commander Kinetic Impulsor teaches you rooks a thing or two about shield cell banks in Nuggets for Nuggets. Then we start our audio adventure, Guard Frequency Origins. Finally, we tune into the feedback loop and let you join in the conversation. Lace up your booties, campers, and let's head out to the flight deck. Speed 175, Port Bay, hands on approach, checkers green, call the ball. Don't get technical with me. And here are the top news bits from the world of space sims. Descent Underground has a new lease on life with the addition of publisher Little Orbit. Infinity Battlescape is coming off another alpha playtest weekend and is working on the next round of bug fixes. Everspace's expansion Encounters is out and features new weapons, new maps, and um, new encounters. Frontier Developments is hosting two new bi-weekly streams. Discovery Scanner gives players a sneak peek behind the curtain to see how the game is put together. Topics so far have included Stellar Forge and Thargon Swarms. On the off weeks, they are hosting focus feedback streams with Sandro Samarco, which offers players a chance to scribble on the devs' whiteboards for upcoming features. Topics so far have included updates to the crime and punishment system and an overhaul to the engineers. And where the f*** is a 3.0 release? Well, it's here. Mostly here, to some people anyway. 
The ranks of players with access have grown to include Wave 1 testers and concierge folks, and YouTube videos are kosher now. All right, so I figured that was probably the biggest news of the week, uh, or the last, uh, actually, month, because we, we, they came out like right, if we, right after we uh, took our little hiatus there. So you've got it, Jeff. Uh, so have you actually? So you you got it's the Delta patcher now, right? Yeah. So did it, did it take you eighty hours to get it downloaded? No, no. Of course, of course, I'm on my on my work internet where fifty meg download really um, ramps up the time that it takes to to get it. But no. uh, I was a little I was a little discouraged by the fact that uh, there was a new launcher that uh, that wasn't in an email and things you had to do. I had to go onto the forums and figure out all that. You're supposed to get an email for it. There was there's supposed to be an email that you get when you get invited, and it has a link to the launcher and a link how to do the copy. And a lot of people didn't get the email telling them they were in. And here's the launcher. So count Jeff among those people. Well, I got the email and said I had to go do a player copy, but I didn't get a link with the launcher in it. And it, it took out my ability to start uh, the old uh, public test. So I'm my launcher is just now for live. But uh, that, that's neither, I'm not going back to public as long as I have the PTU. But the, I've had two updates since I've gotten it, and the updates went very, very fast. They were just the bits, uh, bits and stuff that I needed to update, not the whole dang thing all over again, which is really a nice thing to uh, have. And I tell you, the uh, gameplay is very, very promising. Going on the planets and flying around, it's just... I, I'm I'm suitably impressed. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in it as well, and I I am, I am equally impressed. I uh, over Thanksgiving, I let my sons just have my account for for a couple of days, and I sat there and watched them what they did. And uh, uh, there's a lot of cool things you can do, and 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 places you can land, and, and um, it's been. I mean, there it's not as the, the FPS definitely is not as stable as we would like it all to be. But um, other than that, I haven't had any too many issues. But the only real complaint that my, my kids had was they were really annoyed about how long it took to travel some places. It's like you, you QD into a planet and they don't have the micro QD in game, I don't think. Or you or it's not you can't engage it in certain places. And so getting it down to like the waypoints and the planets can take you a good 10, 15 minutes sometimes, uh. you know, just tr- just just uh, traveling through the atmosphere. It's pretty going, you know. But it, it it can it can take a while depending on where you're trying to get to. Fifteen minutes seems extreme. Like, what would you think would be a good time for a transition like that? Because you want it to be scenic. Well, you should come in very close to planet and pick your point. Well, I'm hoping the nav will will get better, but you know, depending on where you want to go on planet, you should come out of Q stream, Q drive, whatever they want to call it, fairly close to your entry point. You know, that was a little. Time consuming, but other than that, yeah, I think in the future that that will get better. Yeah, there's a certain amount of um, that learning you have to do in order to figure out how to what angle to come at to go at different things. But the in the future they're supposed to have, um, you, and you saw that in the demo, they would have orbital stations around which you can quick quantum drive to and let you get around the planet a Hold little on faster. Just a second, there. Are we talking about mini jump points? I think we're talking about many no, jump points. I think this is what I'm hearing. What I'm hearing points. is no, many no. jump points. Now no, I want to sit the no, way back machine. Way back. Way, 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 way back. Back in the day when I was, <laughs> I think it was me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was me 
who said, you know what they need in this game? Mini jump points is what they need. Well, they are designed the, the, the game that Tony wants, so... They come around to it eventually. <laughs> exactly. It's Tony's <laughs> game. They come around yes. to it eventually, which I'm glad to see. It, take, it took them a long time, but I'm glad to see that they're coming around. Yeah, if you read the if you read the monthly report, it's it's really just a, a message. That, that's to what Tony. I thought. That's that's what I yeah. that's what I was, I was pretty yeah. sure. So now that we've got included that we have mini jump points, they're on the way. That's that's an excellent development. The other thing I tried out was their hanger system. I'm not I am not impressed with the hanger system right now. It looks like, you know, you can pick one of many hangers that you have, but none of your stuff is saved over from what it used to be and uh, I can't place anything on the in the hangar yet and, and it just really was you can't oh, okay all right so it's in order to place stuff in the hangar you have to select one of the nodules yeah, and they, they had that before but now it's now it's integrated to the Moby glass yeah I know I play I played a long time with it trying to okay I've, trying to I've seen a lot of people placing in hangers I haven't tried it myself but other people got it to work for whatever reason I'm hoping I'm hoping that Somehow the hangar system was going to tie into the live universe without you having to leave it and go, you know, back out and then come back in again. But no, yeah, they do have they do have ship storage now though. So if you go into Alasar and you land on a pad, even if you don't request docking access, if you land there, it'll say engaging ship storage in five seconds or something like that, and your ship goes away and it goes back into the list basically. If you don't request landing first, it gives you a criminal point or whatever. Um, which bumps up your your crime stat um, to event you'll get eventually get start getting attacked. But it's easy to put your ships away now once you're done and request another ship because destroying your ships has cost now. So when you if you destroy a ship in order to get it back in a reasonable amount of time, you have to pay some sort of uh, nominal UAC charge, and uh, you can eventually wait and the cost goes away. And they had something similar in 2.6, but the big difference now and in, is instead of in 2.6, you just log off and you go to another server and you log back on and all of those things are reset and everything's persistent. So if you log back on, well, that number's still there, you still have to wait. So um, it, it does matter if your ship gets destroyed to, to some degree and then how much money you have and, and putting your ships away instead of just blowing them up and things like that. There's some minor missions, I think. Um, I haven't flown any of the missions yet, but you can also you can do you can make money on the missions and you can make money on cargo. Um, again, I think for both of them, the money is pretty low, and then you end up paying a lot for, for fuel and the like. So uh, you don't build up very fast. But, uh, but either way, there's a number of, of, of small mini game loops that you can try in the game right now. And I think that was, I wanted to bring that up too, because when you were mentioning how long it took to fly someplace, I mean, I think a lot of good games are um, collections of mini games. You take off, and the docking procedure is a mini game. Then you fly to a destination. That's a little bit of a mini game. You blow up a couple ships. That's a mini game. You collect the cargo. You do the cargo scooping or the loot scooping, whatever it is. That's a little game. And then you have to go back to base and dock. That's a little game. I mean, and I think that as long as there's variation and reasonable time spent on each mini game, people will like it. But if there's one part of the, if there's one mini game that takes 15 minutes to complete, I think that's when people get bored. That's when you start seeing the complaints. And so as long as there's a consistency with the amount of time people expect to spend on each segment of the game, it'll be fine. Whether they use mini jump points or not, that's up to them. Right now, there's not really any reason to go any other place besides the things I, I had just mentioned. So like when I say 15 minutes, I don't mean like that's a that's a typical travel time for something necessarily. Um, just that there, if you go to a, you go to say you go to Damar, not Damar, uh, one of the other moons, and you'll see these like 
survival camps and other interest points just scattered all over the over the moon. There's a crashed javelin and there's a bunch of other interesting Easter eggs just kind of scattered over the moons too. And if you want to go do one of those things, you can't just warp to them. You have to fly, either fly over in, you know, outside the atmosphere and then go straight down or fly through the atmosphere to them. The problem with flying through atmosphere is that your uh, your max speed is, is inhibited and your, your flight control is a bit different as well. So there is, depending on how you get there, it can take quite a while. And there is certain tips and tricks to reducing those times. But right. I think we're, we have yet to see what the real travel yeah. time and game loop looks like. Well, and, but that, and I think that's, but it's as a design goal, you'd want your reasonably skilled players to be able to navigate to one of those weird points in the same amount of time as it takes to, say, blow up a couple of medium-sized fighters, or the same time as it takes to quantum drive to a mission point, or the same time that it takes to undock a spaceship. You know, those those mini-game loops should take, you know... A, you know, a roughly consistent amount of time. There shouldn't be any outlier. There shouldn't be any outliers. Is what I'm saying. So that people get that variety. Yeah, yeah. And I, I and I don't think I don't think we know what those are quite yet. So the real the real quick things, in case anybody has any comments on them. Um, aside from all the ship sales and the anniversary stuff, during the ship sale they they showed off two cool new ships. One of them is a bounty hunter ship called the Hawk, which is kind of equivalent to a. Um, Gladius, but it has a, uh, but in in the style of an Avenger, meaning it has like car, uh, pods for criminals in it that you can capture for bounty hunting, and it has a, a EMP in it for disabling ships. And the other big ship that that came out is the Hammerhead, which is a largish, not quite Polaris-sized gunship that has a, a large number of turrets all over it. And the idea is that it complements capital fleets and other uh, crews for doing fighter support and picking off small fighters. I didn't I did not buy either one of them, but they are really cool ships. All right. Now that we're all caught up with the latest space sim news, let's get caught up on space news with the headlines from Galactic Public Radio. Good evening from Galactic Public Radio. On NC, I'm Spencer McDunn, and these are the top headlines from around the known galaxy. A crashed Cobra Mark III, abandoned for decades, has been located in the Pleiades sector. Markings on the hull and data recovered from the ship indicate that it is the ship of John Jameson, rumored to have been involved with the First Thargoid War. For more details, we have this report from Smooth Furnace, on scene in System HIP 12099. Thanks, Spencer. I'm here hovering over the half-buried remains of the Cobra Mark III supposedly flown by legendary pilot John Jameson. I say legendary because it's yet another piece of half-remembered history suddenly brought back to life as the Thargoid threat develops. Recordings recovered from the craft seem to confirm that a human-developed contagion was purposely introduced into Thargoid biology, resulting in their widespread destruction. For better or worse, that particular bug spray didn't wipe out the whole nest, and now humanity has an angry swarm on its hands. For Galactic Public Radio, I'm Smooth Furnace. Thank you, Smooth. An independent pilot group has announced plans to restore and expand Leaf Enterprises, an asteroid base in the run system. The Rogue Runners hope to upgrade the base to attract manufacturing centers for high-end ships and modules. Autumn Leaf, the founder of Rogue Runners Company, 
has placed an open order for Meta Alloys, Platinum, and Building Fabricators for delivery to Smithport in the run system. Pirates should be aware that the company has also placed kill orders on all ships on their wanted list and has secured extra funding for bonus bounty payouts. And finally, the Aegis Research Group has announced that development of large-size AX weapons for anti-Xeno operations are now available at selected starports. Missiles and multi-cannons for Class 3 mounts are expected to be in high demand over the coming weeks. For Galactic Public Radio, I'm Spencer McDunn. Good night. Attention on deck. As you are pilots, I'm Commander Kinetic Compulsor from Guard Frequency Response, here with the essential tips to get you around the deep black and back home again. Today I'm briefing you on shield cell banks in Elite Dangerous. We noticed some of you rooks having issues with this, so we scheduled some training. Shield cell banks are a fine way to get a second lease on life in the middle of a furball. Depending on the power of the bank and the duration of the charge, your shields can regain as much as a thousand megajoules of energy. And that can be the difference between your future as an ugly bag of mostly water and a sparkly plasma cloud. But that power comes with a price. A huge heat spike that can damage modules on your ship, doing your adversaries work for them. But never fear Nuggets, there's an easy way to work around this problem. All it takes is a little time in the outfitter and some tinkering with your control setup. The solution to heat problems caused by shield cell banks is a well-planned and well-timed heat sink. A lot of dogfights are won and lost on the flight line. You gotta come prepared. In this case, that means having at least one more heat sink equipped than shield cell banks. Most shield cell banks have between four and six charges, so that typically means you'll need two standard heat sink launchers with three sinks apiece, or one engineered launcher with four. It may seem like an expensive trade to sacrifice two utility slots, but remember that in addition to preventing module damage, you may also benefit from the stealth feature afforded by a reduced heat signature. This could cause your adversary to lose his target lock, at least temporarily. Now that you've got a bank and a sink, you'll need to be able to use them. You've got options here. First, you can set them up on a fire group. By setting them to activate simultaneously, putting them both on the secondary fire button, let's say, you can automate the process and never worry about remembering to deploy heat sink when you're watching your final shield ring turn red. However, the bank doesn't spike heat as soon as you activate it. There's a delay of a few seconds as the bank discharges. Activating both simultaneously results in slightly mismatched timing as the peak cooling effect hits before the temperature spike. To maximize the cooling potential of the heat sink, you want to wait about two seconds after popping a bank. Therefore, I recommend placing each module on a separate key. And if you have too many fire groups already, do what I do. Use your customizable hotkeys instead, either on your HOTUS or keyboard. Once you've got your ship equipped and your controls configured, deployment is simple. Hit the shield cell bank key, count 1001, 1002, then hit the heat sink key. If you've done it right, you should see your heat just begin to spike, then drop drastically. This will protect your modules, reduce your detection signature, and uh, oh yeah, give your shields and your ship a few more precious seconds in the fight. Remember, don't do your adversary's work for them. Keep your cool, literally, by using a heat sink when you deploy a shield cell bank. Okay boys and girls, finish your juice boxes and change into your flight suits. Skids up in 10. See you in the deep black. Come on, mama's not gonna save you today, let's go! You wanna fly or not? Let's kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy.
Welcome to the first installment of Guard Frequency Origins. For our first adventure, we're following the exploits of four pilots, Red Barnes, Roland Morgan, Ale, and Quinn Harper, as they fly their first missions with an organization they've never heard of before, and that may change their lives forever. We join our story as Quinn Harper, an asteroid miner down on his luck, arrives at Fabian City, a space station in system HIP 20277. It's an industrial town, orbiting a gas giant, nicely positioned to exploit the moons and rings nearby. It's Quinn's kind of place, or would have been if he were still in the mining business. He's been promised a new line of work, but the details are sketchy. He just made his way out of the docking facilities and is looking for his contact. You drop out of Supercruise just outside Fabian City Air Traffic Control's jurisdiction. After a few seconds, you key in a docking request and are advised to dock within 10 minutes at your automatically assigned pad number. As the magnetic clamps engage and your ship is lowered toward the outer rim of the spinning Coriolis station, you review your instructions from VP Vallis. Dock at Fabian City. Leave all weapons on your ship. Clear customs. Wait outside the customs terminal for further instructions. You gently jump in the low-G environment towards the nearest lock and board the tram to the customs station. You submit to the standards customs inquiry. Vaccines and health records are up to date, one of the perks of being a rated commander. Weapons are either registered if authorized, detained or confiscated if not, or, as in your case, noted that none are present. You considered concealing a weapon, but reasoned that even if customs allowed you to take it through, it would be noted on your entry visa. The electronic trace might make it back to your potential employer, souring your chances of getting paid for showing up here. You walk outside the customs station. Well, more of a relaxed lope in the lower gravity this close to the central core of the station. A number of tables, benches, and chairs are placed around this courtyard environment, surrounded by pubs, food stalls, equipment dealers, short-stay hotels, anything and everything a pilot fresh off the jump would need. Clearly, this is a place of rendezvous and refreshment as groups meet, grab a bite or a drink, and catch up. Many are sharply dressed. Some are not so sharply dressed. Men and women display hollow fact projections of commander call signs from their wrist or hand comms. You scan that group, looking for your call sign, but you don't find it. Frustrated, you walk around the courtyard looking for any sign that you've been recognized or a new arrival with a lit-up comm. Nothing. After a few minutes, you sit down at one of the few unoccupied tables and decide to give it 15 more minutes before you either call Vallis directly or just blow off the job entirely. A man in a Fabian City's custom uniform walks up to your table, carrying a cup with a low-G pincher straw poking out of the top. Uh, hello, my name is Sean. I'm just on break from the customs office over there. Yeah, is this seat taken? It's super crowded in here, isn't it? Yeah, hi. Um, Sean, was it? Yes, yes, yes. Sean. Yes. Can I, do, do you mind? May I? Is uh, okay? Can I? You know what? Go ahead. Go ahead. That's fine. Oh, thanks. No, it's just, I mean, this is like a busy time. Ships coming and going and people, there's a shift change going on. It's just nuts around here. Yeah. So uh, so what are you doing? What are you doing here? And, and welcome to Fabian City. Are you, yeah. are you new here? Thanks. Uh, yeah. Yeah, new. Um, I'm actually kind of waiting for someone. Um, oh, yeah. uh, they're oh. supposed to be here like a quarter of an hour ago at least. Can you right, not sure. do this, that, this, this, Sean? That's oh, really sorry. Annoying. It's just it's my break. This is the back of my lunch. It's, it's a liquid diet. It's, it's it's new thing. It's a fad. Anyway, no. Uh, yeah, it's crowded in here. It's hard to see. I mean, especially if like the buzzing and the coming and the goings and whatnot. It can be. So, uh, who are you waiting for? Maybe I can help you. Can I help you look? Is there someone I can help you look for? Um, maybe. I mean, you said you work here, right? Yeah, yeah. It's right over the office, right over there. Yeah. Um. I mean, do you, do you, like, keep uh, records of who is supposed to be meeting people, by chance, or do you just know this area quite well? 
No, I just kind of know the regulars. I mean, do you know? Oh, you you don't know you're supposed to meet. This mm. is a kind of a kind of an anonymous thing. Yeah, so like if... a like a red flower in the in the collar kind of a thing. It's it's. Am I in the middle of a date? A blind? Oh, this is a blind date. I'm so sorry. I am such a jerk. For th- I'm so sorry. Let me let me. Uh, it's a blind date, isn't it? You can tell me. It's okay. Sort of. Not a blind. Not a blind date. Sort of. You're. Oh, oh, oh this, is a, this is a job. It's a job. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, that happens a lot here. You want to keep it on the down low? You don't want to go on the public job boards? You want to keep it sort of quiet, sort of discreet? Don't want to attract attention to yourself? You don't yeah, want people I think it's too late you? for that. You don't no. want to be, Yeah, uh, no, I totally get it. I totally understand. It's completely, completely reasonable. Lots of people do that right here, as a matter of fact. These people with the signs, they are such losers. Look at them with the signs. It's not keeping a low profile whatsoever. He, As he's gesturing and reaching about, you see him reach into a pocket and kind of pull out a white card. And okay. And it's a, a two inches by three inches or, you know, six by four centimeters, you know, approximately, in the metric system. And, he, and he, it's a blank white card, and he kind of slides it across the table, but he's keeping his hand on top of it. He goes, these are the guys that are such rank amateurs. It's like they have no idea what they're doing. It's like, hey, look at me. I'm trying to meet somebody that I don't know. And as he says that, he's sliding the card across the table to you. I sort of carefully, like, try and sneak it across the table as well at the same time. Yes. Just... And he, he lets he lets go of it as your hand reaches out to it. And he goes, That's yeah. like, uh, it's, I mean, you can't be more obvious than that. Hello, I'm looking for people, random folks trying to meet up. I'm avoiding official observances. <laughs> at this point, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of just ignoring him and just trying to look at what's on the card. Uh, okay. Uh, do, do you flip it over? Uh, yeah. Right, like back. very subtly though, just like you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Like you're like you're like playing like you're playing poker, right? You know, you just kind of lift up that whole card and see what's, what's yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you can kind of see written in what uh, it looks like some sort of like almost wax or crayon or grease pencil is a number thirty-two. You see the number thirty-two, and you notice that on that side there's like a magnetic uh, data stripe. Sure. And Sean's still going on and on about how people are unprofessional and just, 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 I mean, just willy-nilly over there, isn't yeah. it? I mean, you could just walk up and pretend to be any one of those I, sure. guys and get right in the middle of Sean, stuff. Yeah. I, I yeah. raise my hand yeah. out and just go to shake it, yeah. just sort of a little too excessively. Yeah. Sort of, uh, yes. it, yes. it was great to meet you. Um, I'm going to go. Fantastic. And yeah. uh, you, you have a great day, man. Hey, you too. And you know what you should do? You should, you should, you should try that out. I don't know if you thaw when you're coming out of customs. But you should maybe go over there to customs again if you were had nothing else to do. Like if your people blew you off or something. That's why you're, that's where you should go. That's that's a great Just tip. Sean. Walk right back. I'm gonna I'm gonna, rem- I'm gonna do that right now. And, All right, Tate. Um, you have yeah, a good day. You, you take care of yourself, and I kind yeah. of get up and just start walking. All Don't right. even really wait for a response. Just right. Yeah. And 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 Sean, of course, is. All right. So where do you go? Um, sort of head back towards over towards the uh, the customs area where he was sort of gesturing. All right. So as you were poked and prodded and stuff on the way out, is very very intense. Uh, you walk back and it's it's basically the entrance is basically unattended. Um, you see the the security doors there, and then you notice a place where you had put your hand next to uh, the entryway. But then you also notice a little slot underneath that hand that that handprint. Okay. Um, is there anything on the uh on or around the slot that would indicate the 32 is in some way nope. special. Nothing there. Okay. Nothing there. Yeah, makes sense. I'll slide the card in, try it a couple of ways All around right. if it doesn't go the first time. Yeah, you, the first time you put it in face up and it doesn't go, you flip it over, zip, it, it takes it and then spits it right back out. Lights turn green, doors open. Uh, I go on through. Right. Take the card? Uh, yeah, sorry. Take the card, go through. All right. 
All right, so you take the card, go back through the doors. All right. So you're back inside customs. You kind of make your way through. No one stops you. No one talks to you. No one even really looks at you. They assume that because you got in through customs and you're walking back in, you must be fine. Yeah. So um, now where do you go? Yeah. So um, did I notice like any like lockers or anything of that sort? On the way past. Roll or? a okay. Here, here we go. Here we go. Hey, here we go. First One roll, D10, let's... and I want you, and I want you to add your starship operations modifier to it. Uh, I add the bonus, not the score. Correct. Correct. The bonus so... is eight. Is like basically the tens digit. Yep. Yes, Eleven to it. 11. Very good. Well, you nailed that one. So you know that every single uh, ship is uh, assigned a unique pad number right. when it comes into dock. Yeah, and sure. And so, uh, yeah, the customs office is how you get to those pads. So Yeah, so I make my way to number 32. Pad number 32. You mm-hmm. board a tram, hop on, it, you punch your destination, it takes you there. As you arrive at your destination, the doors open, and you walk out onto pad 32, and you see a very, 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 very big spaceship. It's very beautiful. It's very large, and it's very big. Did okay. I mention it was big? It's it's certainly big. It's yeah. certainly big. Why don't you, yeah. uh, give, me, why don't you give me another uh, uh, roll with your uh, spaceship piloting? 13. Oh, well, yes. You recognize this as an Imperial Cutter. Mm-hmm. And you also realize that people just don't get Imperial Cutters. That's not something you buy off the shelf. It's it's handed out only to people who are very well connected. So not only do they have a customs guy in their pocket, they're connected enough to have this ship. Yeah, as I so, look at the ship, I just think to myself, I once knew a guy called Commander Connected Compulsor who wouldn't shut up about these. They are great. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Amazing. Once upon a time, you've heard of that guy. Yeah, I have. have you heard, of, heard of that guy, have you? All right, so you're there. You're you you uh, you're there in the bay. The ships are in front of you. You're in Dock yep. Bay 32. So looking around, can I see anybody who? Are there any people on the launch pad? Uh, there are. Okay. There are a variety of people. It's a starport. It's busy. You want to you want to roll perception for me? Uh, we'll tell you what's yeah. going on there. Five. There are people. Good. And they have two um, legs. Yeah. And they have two arms. This and is always they good. Look like they're peopling. Okay. All right. Um, in that case. I'm just going to walk up to anybody who looks like they're not a dock worker. Um, it could be anybody pretty much With at this that point. perception roll, you, you come upon a plethora <laughs> of dock workers. There sure. are dock workers here. There are dock workers everywhere. There's All just right. dock workers, dock workers, and dock workers. Yep. Is, is there like an obvious entry point to the ship? The it's, front it's landing docked, gear is, is down. Yep. The front landing gear is down in what looks like a, a, like a giant escalator cargo sure. ramp thing is just as readily apparent right in front. Alright, go on up. Alright, and you come across a locked door. Just a big door. Okay. It's Any, got a little uh, intercom set to the side. Sure. No no slot for the card, though, or anything. No slot for the card. Okay. Um, in that case, just buzz the intercom, see what happens. Yes. Hi. Um, I, I'm here about a job. Name? Harper. Quinn Harper. Okay. Door opens. Go on in. All right, you're in a big landing bay. It's completely empty. It's just like a receiving room. At the other end, about 10 meters away, you see another door. It looks exactly like this one. Okay, yeah, head on up. Presume there's an intercom there as well, and still no yep. slot for a card? Still no slot for a card. Okay, in that case, yeah, buzz that intercom as well. As you buzz an intercom, the door at the uh, entrance closes behind you with a clang, and this one opens up in front of you. In front of you, you see a very large half-man, half-machine sort of construction in front of you. And he looks, he's, he stands probably, I, I don't know exactly how tall your character is, but he, this guy is 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 brushing two meters, probably over two meters. Okay. And yep. he looks, he looks, he's, I'm presuming he's looking down on you. Yes, he and is. He yep. says to you, Harper, 
Yes, that's me. Follow me. Okay. You are last one. You make everyone late. Uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, terrible time at customs. Uh, follow one behind. All right. So he he walks up uh, one set of ladders. He walks up another set of ladders. Drinks probably all gone. That's Get okay. Get here earlier next time. He, sorry. He he, cl- he clanks up another deck. So you're on. You're you're up another de- another deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, you uh, get to uh, a, a corridor. He makes a turn. You follow him. Yep. And then he comes to a, a door, and he says, Inside. Did I say they are waiting for you? Uh, yes, I, I get that. They I'm, are waiting for you. Oh, you go inside now. Go. Good. All right. So you, go, so you enter the room. When you enter the room, you see at the far end a uh, woman sitting at a desk. Uh, she's sort of tapping away at a, a, a interface. And then you look to your right and clustered around a bar, a well-stocked bar. Uh, still well-stocked. You know, yeah, still well-stocked bar. Uh, you see three other pilots. Now okay. You know they're pilots because they look like you. And one of them's wiping up a mess. He spilled a whole bottle all over the place. <laughs> um, Ken Shadow, what are you doing? I've got a glass of scotch in my hand. I'm leaning on a, on a wall and just kind of just looking around, trying to be nonchalant. All right, Henry, what are you up to? About the same, just kind of standing there. Trying to figure out uh, who everybody is around me, who the new guys are. Okay. All right, Lennon. Cool. I'm going to go... walk in on this scene? Yeah, I'm sort of keeping a, a sort of half eye on the people at the bar, but I wander up to the woman at the desk. On the plus side, I think this made my shirt more expensive. He's like wringing stuff out of it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the woman at the desk looks up and you recognize her as, as, as Vice President Vallis from the uh, comm. And, you, and she looks over at the, at the person regarding his shirt and says, yes... You'll do nicely. And she looks at you, uh, Harper, and mm-hmm. says, Good afternoon. You are our final arrival. Uh, yes, sorry I'm late. Um, I guess you know who I am then. By a complex process of elimination, you, you are Harper. <laughs> I am indeed. Uh, yeah, very well. Indeed. A pleasure. Yep. yep. Gentlemen, a very perfunctory handshake, and then she immediately goes to the people at the bar. Gentlemen, we have much to discuss. Please, join me here at my desk. There are no seats on the front in front of her desk. It's just her. She doesn't invite you to sit down. She basically has invited you to stand. And as she uh, uh, starts tapping away at her keys, she brings up a little display, a star chart. Uh, and you see at the top that it's called Acellus Primus. She says, About 36 hours ago, a pilot passing through the Acellus Primus system encountered an anomalous scanner reading. And a marker appears between... Uh, a uh, just be sunward, just sunward of a gas giant uh, in the Acellus Primus system. Um, I want everyone to roll a planetary knowledge check. The fun thing about this game is, uh, as, as as in many RPGs, uh, a one is an automatic fail, and a ten is an automatic su- uh, success. And sometimes tens have bonus effects uh, on top of that too. So, uh, yeah, Shiv, you're like space. It's got planets in it. <laughs> He's there sucking that. the liquor out of his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently so. they don't uh, deliver bio-waste there. <laughs> so I just rolled a six is my roll. All right, so all of you uh, are very gaze intently at the screen, and uh, you see that it's a planet, and you see that there are other planets with this planet, and we'll move on with the briefing. Upon investigation, the pilot found a freighter, the Aurora, drifting through space without power. He logged his discovery, probably intending to file a salvage claim with the local police department, when his ship was intercepted by outlaws after he left the wreckage. 
Fortunately, yet another ship was nearby, heard his distress call, and drove off the attackers. Unfortunately, the original ship, the Finding Ship, was destroyed. But by reviewing its black box, the Aurora's coordinates were recovered and sent to us. Your job is to check out the Aurora, board her, carry out an investigation, and report your findings back to me. Any takers? Yeah, just a quick question, if I may. Um, Yes, Harper? Do you know the name of the outlaw band that attacked them? Or were they just random pirates? That information is not available to me at this time. Okay. Is our mission to bring the ship back and try to repair it, or are we just checking things out and coming home? You'll report to me once you've discovered anything, and then we'll decide what to do from there. There may be an opportunity for additional work, depending on what you find. Do you uh, do you happen to have some equipment that we could use? Your needs will be completely provided for. Our mission specialist, uh, Mr. Klavinsky, I believe he you met him as he escorted you to this room. Fine, uh, he'll be providing you. Yes, he will be providing you with all your required equipment. Okay, and how many credits, roughly? Ah, uh, yes. The nitty-gritty, mm-hmm. as I just said. 40,000 credits per head. Okay. Head of what? Lettuce? Except for him. He gets 35. <laughs> I, I just glance over, look at him, look at his shirt, and go, that's quite generous of you. So... It is a generous offer, and you guys are brand spanking new Weppy and the Years pilots. 40,000 credit jobs are... I'm, I'm more meant offering him 35k. That's generous. That's, uh, <laughs> and so, does that include everybody coming back alive? Glance, glance, so. glance around at my sort of co-pilots. Not that I have any plans with any of you, of course, just my last mission didn't turn out so well. I, I would certainly hope so. <laughs> I kind of narrow my eyes a bit and look at him. <laughs> well, she said per you head. Do know, you, are you aware of what guard frequency response does? This she is exactly my she, point. She, raises an eyebrow. The, the clue was in the name, and so I figured it was about saving people, rescuing things, and yes. that usually involves an element of danger. Which rescuing I then look things, quote-unquote. Quote. Re- yeah. <laughs> Our charter typically does not include the rescue of things. However, we may be branching out to a variety of new operations in the near future. Hence... The four of you. What about all the things we find on the ship? Do you are, you are you saying that you own anything that we find on this ship and we have to bring everything back to you? The salvage operation itself would be conducted by Acellus Primus authorities, which is what we assume was happening with the pilot. He logged the coordinates, jumped out, and then himself was intercepted. We assume that he was headed for the lawful authorities and was intercepted before he could reach them. A salvage claim has not yet been filed... We may file one once we determine what's there. In that case, the company would then own the the salvage itself, and you would be entitled to your fee that we've negotiated here, and again, with the the possibility of additional work afterwards. But the ship itself and its contents would become property of the company, seeing as how we're paying you and equipping you to go intercept it. Okay, so two sort of points. Um, Just glancing at the co-pilots around, how, how is everybody dressed? How do they look? Uh, so, sort of, Kin Shadow, how, how does your guy look? I, I, um, my guy looks pretty fresh out. He's got a uh, uh, generic jumpsuit on and right. uh, really has no accoutrement or any... The, the shoes look like some sort of standard issue military boot or something like that. He, he doesn't have anything distinguishing on him at all. Okay. Uh, Henry? My dude's broke. Jumpsuit's a little... Uh, greasy and 
been warned to work on engines and been on the run for a while. Obviously hasn't got any money left. Right. Shiv? He's got a trucker hat. He's got a plaid shirt on. So he basically looks like you, is what you say. Very wet plaid shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately. Smells of really expensive scotch. It's cool though. It's space plaid. Space plaid. Awesome future space plaid. Cool. He doesn't look unkempt, really. He just doesn't look stylish. Yeah. So just to sort of complete the visual for everybody else's benefit, Quinn Harper looks a little bit um, rough in the sense that he, you can clearly see he's a miner, uh, as in a, a, a rock miner, not like a child. Um, and, uh, <laughs> not a miner, a yeah. miner. Yeah, yeah a wait a minute, wait, this um, game's going off the rails. Man. Yeah, um, but he is, uh, he's, even though he arrived through customs and everything, he's clearly like overdressed for this job, expecting it to be quite a larger opportunity. No, no idea of who he was meeting, so decided to get out his his best flight suit, and you know, so it, this thing's still got the crease lines from being in the packet, if you see what I mean. So, um, cool. That's that's good. I just wanted to get like a visual representation of everybody who's around me, basically, because the guy who's asking about do we have to return all the stuff. I wanted to see how shifty he was looking. And then secondly, would I just know anything about the SLS Primus system, who the factions are around that area? Um, I'll tell you what, this is, okay, so this is a feature of the of the Elite Dangerous system that I kind of like. So you have, as part of your character, what's called karma points. Yeah. It's basically, it's kind of like luck, right? So when you fail a roll, as you did earlier, sometimes the GM, when he's feeling generous, can allow you to spend a karma point to re-roll it if you were close. And Lennon, I believe that you rolled a six, right? On um, yes, you yeah. Rolled, no, you rolled a four. No, you rolled a four. Well, the the original uh, roll was a six. It's the one above. Oh, the original. I then just did okay, it with okay. the mod. Okay. All right. So. Uh, the difficulty, it was a standard difficulty, and that's typically a seven. So you did just miss it by one. Okay. So if you want to spend a karma point to in re-roll. a re-roll to try to get a seven, I'll let you do that. Yeah, so I, that's still a fail, unfortunately. No, 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 no. Meter beat. Meter oh, beat. So, so the fact that I've got a yeah. five plus two is actually... Sorry, yeah, I, I, thought meant, two. I thought you meant the D10 had to be a seven. I was like, oh, okay. No, 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 you had to, you had to hit a seven. You had to yeah. hit a seven. So, uh, so, so congratulations. Uh, you now sort of remember, wait a minute... Acellus Primus is a sort of rookie system. This is where new Pilots hmm. Federation's uh, members often get their very first Sidewinder. So there are a lot of very inexperienced, very vulnerable, very newbie fresh pilots uh, launching there. And you are aware that they don't make it out to the gas giants very often, but a lot of their very first missions might take them out there. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's something you, that, you, that you know. Sure. Based on your planetary knowledge role. All right. Okay, in that case, turning to Valis, uh, continuing the conversation from where uh, Commander Kinshadow asked about, do we get the, uh, do, do we get to keep the things? Um, so what sort of ship class was the Aurora? Uh, the Aurora was a Lacon Type 7 freighter. Uh, uh. We do have some information from recovered from the black box. It was in my report. Uh, it was registered to a Swan Corporation Pharmaceuticals. Now, don't worry if you've never heard of the Swan Corporation before. They've been out of business for about 10 years. They used to sell painkillers. But word is that they made more than just headache tablets. <laughs> From 10 years ago, rumors persisted of a sister company, a shadow company, called Black Swan. And they operated on the uh, less-than-legal side of the narcotics trade. Now, in Imperial space, most narcotics are, in fact, legal. However, the extent to which one can operate depends largely on your ability to be accountable to the authorities. The Black Swan 
was not. Swan Corporation was. Uh, and so this, was a, this is a very serious problem for the imperial authorities, and they were eventually shut down. Now, nothing was ever proven, but illegal and illicit narcotic deaths dropped by about half after the shutdown. What I want to know is this. What has that freighter been doing for the last 10 years? And why is it still registered to a defunct corporation? And why has no one noticed it until now? Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendlies! So let's just be friendly! Some say he digs around for coins in tombs, that he's really into mining for cryptocurrency. But all we know is he's called the Shiv, and he'll put together this week's feedback. Well, Nix writes in and says, Good show. It'll be a boring month without guard frequency. I generally dislike change, but I usually get over it after a week or two. I just hope you will still summarize all Star Citizen news, at least in the news we didn't use. More Elite is good, though. I might even join in if anything happens in-game EU time. Chuck Cook... Chuck Cook... Chuck Cook... Chuck Cook... Chuck 007... Looking forward to hearing from you guys soon. Did not realize how much you guys have become part of my weekly routine. Hopefully, some of you had the opportunity to get your hands dirty in the PTU 3.0. Very curious of your thoughts. Brenda Spoon writes in and says, I hope you can land anywhere. I would believe the gates are there for guidance so they wouldn't be searching for the correct area for an hour in the show. I do hope they allow orbital beacons so it makes it easier for you to find the last place you left some treasure. It could make an interesting gameplay if you flew up to another player's encrypted beacon. Great show as always, guys. Good luck with the new show plans. And yeah, Dev clarified that later. It's if you line yourself up with the series of beacons, then you're in the direct direction to get to the city those beacons are for. Divorced Pop writes, Hi guys, caught the show from the 27th and had an enjoyable listen. Glad you're expanding coverage of ED. The Star Citizen discussions are interesting, but I don't think I'll be giving them any money in the near future. Benu Ra writes in, Hmm. I heard about the format change and listened to 190 and 191. Well, I skipped around and listened to the bits I could. I stopped listening to you guys a while back because I got tired of the SC-related cynicism. I'll try to remember to give the December 5th show a try because I really do like the skits. Bottom line is, more skits, yay, plus 10, less SC cynicism, hoping for zero, but expecting a dose every month, and plus more ED. Mm, I listen to lab radio and they cover it quite well. We'll see. I may not be back for long. Krelvar writes in and says, You wanted brutal honesty, so here it goes. I've been listening to guard frequencies for a very long time now. I have also been a backer since May of 2016. I am not an elite player. I am not interested in elite content, and I generally skip over it in the podcast. I wasn't thrilled when you changed formats, but I understood it. I don't understand this change. If you wanted to do fiction segments, aka creative content, which I 100% support, those are my favorite bits, why change universes? There's a ton of backstory in the SC universe to build from, as far as I can tell, far, far more than the elite universe. I will be dropping my Patreon support, and I suspect I will be stopped listening to Guard Frequency as well. This makes me incredibly sad. Rip Guard Frequency 2013-2017, Krell signing off. Can I address that? Sure. I'm far more an SC supporter than I am an elite supporter. I've, I've really been on this journey since, you know, Wing Commander. The problem is, is that with the content, we have a game that we can actually get in, play around with all of us can get in because it's widely available. And that gives us some background to play off each other and build these skits and, and do this creative content. 
Yes, I agree there is more in SC to work with, except that we can't, we don't have that avenue to play around in. So it's all just, you know, it's like playing a, a D&D board. You got to use your imagination. And we wanted to do more than just use your imagination. We wanted to actually have things blowing up in front of us and shooting things and jumping in ships and, and getting into rovers and all that other kind of so. And, and, and the other thing here is obviously we're not, we just did a bunch of Star Citizen news, right? I think I think the thing that is changing is some of the in-universe news sections are, are more to Elite because Elite actually has in-universe news happening in their game, right? The Star Citizen news that is on the website right now is purely manufactured. Like if you, you want to go read some of the the fiction pieces and things like that, those are great. But in, 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 the, in the interest of a podcast, those don't really give you anything until we start seeing the aspects of those in game. And so that's really where the, that piece of the, the podcast is changing. And Tony, you can correct me there. I think that, I think I no, try no, to express something with you, you. Spot on. No, no, spot on. I mean, you know, it, it, you know it, with the Star Citizen, they're still in development. And if something happens in the development of the actual electronic sort of game part that requires the universe to change, I don't like, for example, the inclusion of, let's say, for example, mini jump points. If they have to retcon a lot of the hyperdrive legend stuff to account for that, then they will. And some of the stories are going to change a little bit. And that part of that particular story isn't going to work anymore because they have mini jump points. I mean, that's the sort of thing that is that could happen with the Star Citizen lore that can't happen really anymore with the Elite lore. It's more of a, it's more of it's more established now. And so when you're trying to make that creative content, there's a there's more of a show bible. You know what I mean? Jesus, uh, Tony. To kind of you had to take a serious discussion and bring mini jump points into yeah, it. Yeah, I, I did. I did. I had to take. I mean, it's it's a thing with me. Go back. It's, yeah. it's a long-standing thing with me, no, these mini jump points. Do, I'm like a dog. I, what I am hoping for though is that we can take our GPR and. And as as Star said, obviously, I think there's a big leap forward here with 3.0 coming out to the BTU. I'm hoping that we can take our segment like GPR and cross universe it in whatever game we play because it's a universal base platform. So that's that's a big point. That's a great point, Jeff. Now with 3.0, we have persistence of players, and there is a chance that we'll actually have persistence of universe. And Sig starts doing actual story content to go along with the developing universe as well. I mean, you're technically right now playing in Stanton with a small addition of Levski, which I don't think there should be there. But but otherwise, it's 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 Stanton, and you just can't get to the other parts because no one has the fuel to get to the other parts of Stanton or to the jump points. But those things will probably start working in, and there's a very good chance that you know there are Star Citizen creative content thingies that we can do going forward. Yeah. Once there are game-changing or game-affecting events that go on, that's when we can start considering including in, like, Galactic Public Radio because those news bits we took off are things that are happening in the Elite Universe now. You can actually go fly your ship and see the crashed spaceship. You can go buy those bigger guns. Once those types of things start happening in Star Citizen and are non-retconnable, if you know what I mean, that's the sort of thing. That's when we can start considering to do that. But but we have that in Elite right now. We don't have that in Star Citizen right now. I think that makes a big difference. For, for me, anyway. There's definitely evidence that as things evolve, we're willing to change. I mean, look at how much we've changed just recently. We're, we're going through a change up. again, you know? So, yeah. obviously, 
as things change, we're going to continue to flow because we want to be here and talking about space sims forever. So we're going to have to evolve. It's what you do. We have nothing else to do on Friday nights. What else are we going to do yeah. except hang out and talk about space sims? Sit sim. around in mean, Starfleet on. uniform and just, you know, relax. Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? Friday. It's Friday. Star frequency ball caps. You know? <laughs> I mean, that's what we do. And this week's community question from Star Citizen. Give us your 3.0 highlights. We want to hear what you find interesting and not so interesting. Drop us an email, a tweet, or comment on our show post, which you can find on our website and over on our Facebook page. So, how was the show? A thrill ride, an adventure, and possibility? Or not that? No matter what your thoughts, let us know. And that brings us to the end of episode 192 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 193 on December 8th, so be sure to keep your ear out for shows over at GuardFrequency.com. We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks go to... Our community manager, Justin Chivalry Lowmaster, our artist, Ben Sanders, and of course, our audio engineer, Mikey. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. The ranks of testers have grown to include the ranks of testers having grown. The ranks of testers haven't... I can't say this words. <clears throat> the ranks of testers have grown to include wave one testers and testers. <laughs> testers, one, two, three. Testers. Testers. Testards. One, two, one, two. Testers. <clears throat> the ranks of testers have grown. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, so we're going to edit this. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, now that we're all caught up with the latest Space Sim news, let's get cut up on... Good evening from Galactic Public Radio and, and Keith. I am Spencer And Keith. Mc- and. <laughs> <laughs> on scene and. Try, one more time. One more time. With, one more time with a little less Tony's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, wasn't, that wasn't on purpose. That one wasn't on purpose. <laughs> oh, I guess we don't have Austrian anymore. Yeah, that's you. That'll, that'll be me. I'll change that O to a T. It says, it stands yes, for Austrian Oh, Tony, it's your turn. <laughs> oh, Tony. <laughs> it's, it's Oh, sh- there's Ostron. <laughs> He's over at that other show, Heroes Rise. You can find that at HeroesRisePodcast.com. I listened to that this week. It's actually a decent show. I was. It's pretty good. Not that it's I should be good. surprised. It's no guard frequency. <laughs> Not that no I should be frequency. surprised. I mean, the script format sounds very familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we're digressing here a little bit, but Mikey edits that other podcast too. So just shut up and listen, Mikey, because, you know, you know. so, so uh, yes, yeah, so it's, a, it's a nice show. You should definitely check it out. And Ryu... Right, I listen to her read the phone book. I mean, can, she's got she's got a radio voice. Can she come so on this podcast I, too? Uh, she we we could ask. Although, why would she? Because I mean, our reputation probably precedes us. Lennon and Austin will tell her all sorts of bad things about us, and we'll just tell her you won't be here for that episode. It'll be fine. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that'll be cool. fine. Okay, yeah, she can come and replace me. <laughs> okay, back to what we were doing. <clears throat> We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, you, you should like go roll with it. Roll yeah, with it. Yeah. 
our staff writer, Chase Pentad. And of course... Actually, Chase hasn't done crap. Huh? You're screw you, Jace. <laughs> <laughs> Bird. Oh. 3.0. It's a brand new guard frequency. It's a brand oh. new day. No more thanks to Jace. <laughs> no Can we title this episode, Thanks for Nothing, Jace? Thanks for Nothing, Jace. Totally debating how to read this now. <clears throat> thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass. And special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJinkies.com for more of his work. But above all, we, but above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the D Black gets pretty lonely. You want to roll with that or you want me to read it again? I think you should read it. I thought that was terrible. I'm sorry. Uh, The thing is, I was like, oh, God. People will know, people will get it when Jeff does it. And then when you do it, they're going to be like, is he on the lose, That's man? just thinking Quaaludes. Did they, did, they drop, did they drop some doubters in his team, man? Somebody oh, roofing Kin Shadow halfway through the show and it's just kicking in. <laughs> thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass. And special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use our music in our show. Thanks to our syndication. Go, Brian. Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. Yeah. Read the copy, yeah. Brian. Yeah. Just read the copy, yeah. Brian. Yeah. Read it in, normal voice, yeah. in a normal yeah. voice, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. No funny accents or anything, Brian, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep keep this on because you guys can't go until I finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not funny, Brian. I'm not laughing over here. Go, Brian. Thanks to our second. <laughs> <God> damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks we to our syndication. We should edit the whole segment together from every pass he's made, and then it would just be all over the place. Yo, base Thanks. Yo, Jankies, thanks so much. Go RonaldJankies.com for his work. We still thank you. No one's listening out there. Then you don't got nothing to do. Appreciate your energy and your creative enthusiasm. Going to go ahead and bring it back to the top. Back to the top. Is that good enough? Stop it. That That was plenty good. Yo, bitches, we out.